0: thanks Jim Je- and Jeff, too by the way jeff you 're awesome yeah. <laughs> just just in case <laughs> no, that 's awesome praise God yeah we 've got a lot of things happening, so stay tuned. remember that if you we have a digital bulletin, so we, we try and keep min- announcements to a minimum when we can, but there are some of these things that are coming to, uh, that are coming up fast and furious if you 'd like to register or be on it, then you just text the word loop just four letters l o o p um, to that uh, text in church number three five two four four one three zero one six and and um, you will be—you will have a little link there. It'll take you straight to the page on the website where our digital bulletin is is updated, and and uh, you can stay in touch because there's lots and lots of things happening. Like like, uh, um, Jen just mentioned, the GTC is always super exciting. It's a great time of investment in your heart. I tell you what—you will get so full of. The word, if you just set the time, I think there's no greater investment. If you've got an opportunity to take a day off or some time off, and you can, do, you can take Friday off, men, it will be a super, super um, a cool thing to do. Um, the Jen announced the ladies' retreat. Well, we have this year, we don't have a men's retreat because men don't retreat. They advance. So... <laughs> so we've got a men's advance next month <laughs> actually we haven't done one for years so we're just doing one night and it's going to be here very close nearby lake yale 65 um guys if you want to come out for that evening we're going to just have some fun and you can get details through either pastor t or david uh, taylor our famous cellist and uh and whatever. So it, it's gonna be a fun evening and morning and then we'll be we'll be done by noon on Saturday. So it's not a super long thing, but we want we wanted to start somewhere with a with a men's event that we can do annually and we can have some fun and, and hang out and talk about some some stuff as guys so that's coming up soon and um, that's march the 11th and tw- uh, well it's friday night the 11th and, and saturday morning the 12th so that's coming up in a in a hurry um there's also uh, there's a youth camp coming up and there's loads of things coming up the, uh, the, the youth camp july th- th- that's coming up in there so there's just lots of lots of cool things that we just need to stay in touch with amen um, there was something else but I sure can't remember oh Healing University we'll talk about that at the end of the service but don't stay tuned with Healing University Healing University is, is phenomenal we started this last week and it was absolutely off the chain Keith um, is our moderator and, and, and our facilitator for that and it's uh, Andrew Womack's ministry does, has put this, this program together it's phenomenal we'll talk more about it but I tell you what there is no reason for you to live in sickness or ill health in any shape form or fashion God has got health for you and some and and if you just if you want to expose yourself to to some really phenomenal world-class teaching on healing be here at five o'clock sunday afternoons um it's the venue may change but it's currently it's in the cafe and and um, it's something that you don't want to miss amen hallelujah so thank you again for worship uh, worship team you guys connected I don't, I don't like the transition sometimes we, we we do so many announcements but let's just close our eyes a second father we're just so grateful that you're present you're present in our hearts you are good we do give you glory lord because you're good we thank you for your great love for us the father we we gather together just as your children as your brothers brothers and sisters in you lord and we just uh Set this time aside in our hearts. We open our hearts to you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for teaching us what we need to hear. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You know, um, I have a a message on my heart. Now, you guys know that I haven't ministered here for a couple weeks. I've actually been here. I missed one Sunday but then we had Jimmy Bratcher in town. Wasn't that awesome? And then Corin uh, uh, ministered the first time that I was and Jim, uh, Jimmy Bratcher was here. And then Corrin said, you know, Shan, I have, a, I have to carry on. I feel like I've got to do a part two or an episode two. And so she did her full house episode two. Wasn't she good? I, so Corrin so said, I thought so." she did a really phenomenal job because um, God had put it on her heart. God's been building some things in her. And she's actually in the ch- teaching in the children's building this morning. And, and she says there's, there's even maybe an episode three, that's brewing in her heart, but um, but 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 these 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 foundational truths that that God wants to establish us in are are really truly foundational, and and I'd, I'd like to look at that this morning. You know, just because God really put something. I went away in January, and he sort of laid out where a lot of things were. I'm working through a lot of things. For me personally, uh, I I mean, do you know what it's like to be disciplined by the Lord? It's wonderful. (laughs) It, It really is. God's discipline is a good thing. Do you know that the Bible says that God disciplines those he loves? You know, and, and you know, we, what we've had such a negative, the word discipline is such a negative connotation in so many churches or so many in, in our thinking because we think that God disciplines with pain and suffering. He doesn't. Do you know that it's counter God's, it's impossible for God to do that. Not going to go into that right now because a lot of you are going to be, but but it really can't. God has to and will discipline us, and He will, and we can we can study the discipline of it. But it really is a good thing, and 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 where as as the Lord was sort of laying out where we where personally things in my heart that I needed to deal with, um, things that I, we, we wanted to go as a church, directions that we wanted to head in in a certain area over the year. Um, I was like, Lord, okay, where are we going to start with this? And, and he, he laid this This right here um, is an absolute foundation, um, not of information. Say, not information. Not information. You see, Kenneth Hagin said this, sometimes we educate our heads at the expense of our hearts. We are, there, there was, a, there was a, a movement, if you want to call it that, or there was a sect back in Jesus' day, or soon, in the early church days, called the Gnostics and Gnosticism, and it's spelled G-N-O-S-T. So Gnostics comes from the Greek word knowledge, and they pursued information. Basically, there's like, this is how we're going to, this is when, it's all about pursuing information. And I think, I honestly think that a large part of the church today has fallen into the trap of Gnosticism because we've, we've pursued information, and information cannot help you. Now, knowledge and information isn't is a necessary part and i don't want to go into that it is a vital essential part but we can't this this what i what what the lord has for you listen i want to be very careful how i word this because i really feel like god wants to impart something to you today so if if you just close your just your eyes a second and just say lord i i set my intention to hear what you have to say that's what i want to hear in Jesus' name. Amen. So, the overarching uh, w- uh, w- vision, the overarching goal that we have at, at Lake Haven Church, we, which we've said, and you know, if you've come here for any length of time, and if you're new, um, you'll hear me say it often, but it's that we exist that all people or people everywhere would intimately know God and experience His unconditional love. That's what what Jesus said in John 17, verse 3. When he defined eternal life, he said, this is eternal life. He didn't say, when you die and you go through the pearly gates, then you're going to enter into eternal life. As so many people say, when you die, one day you're going to enter into eternal life. That's not how Jesus defined it. He said, this is eternal life, that they may know you, that they may know you, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. That is the definition of eternal life. Amen? So we, that is our overarching goal. Not, not just as a church, but it really is the mission and the calling of the church at large is that we are to make people understand, feel, sense, know Him and His unconditional love. Amen? Amen? Okay, and so you've seen our, our vision board or mission board. Sometimes it's almost, it becomes, blind, you become blind to something that just sits there, unmotionless, right? But in the back there, that reaching people with unconditional love, our rec board over there, R, E, and C, reaching people with God's unconditional love is our number one thing. Establishing believers in Christ is our number two, and connecting them with his cause is number three. We have to have this mindset of the love of God. And I, and I, and I say mindset because it is not just an information paradigm, but we have to grow established in God's love. What do you feel about God's love? When you, for example, um, uh, fall or you have an issue. I mean, how many of you have issues? Some of you. Like Corinne says, Henry Cloud will do it. If you can listen to Henry Cloud, he says, you know, who is, he'll ask somebody, he says, who doesn't have issues? Is there anybody here that doesn't have issues? <laughs> he says, if you feel down here and you've got a belly button, you got issues. You know, we all, ha- we all have issues. So. Um, but but we, 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 we've got to understand that, that God loves us in, in spite of our issues. You know, we all fall and you are going to fall down. You know, the Bible says that righteous man falls seven times he gets up. It doesn't say that the righteous man never falls. Isn't that interesting? You have issues when you fall, but how do you feel? Do you beat yourself up when you fall? Do you disqualify yourself from the inheritance when you fall? I know I do. I disqualified myself very quickly. Because I don't feel like I've got confidence to enter into his presence. Now, that's not the way God feels about me. That's not the way God feels about you. You know, that Romans 5 says that he loved us while we were still sinners. Think about that for just a moment. God loves the world, right? John 3, 16, we all know it. For God so loved the world that he gave, His only begotten Son, right? So God loved us while we were sinners and then romans 8 puts it puts it so beautifully you know if he's so freely given us his son while we were sinners how will he not freely along with him give us all things god loves us but what does that feel like what does that translate to because I tell you what, when I say the love of God, immediately what we say is, like, oh, we've heard the love of God. And our brains kick into overdrive or into sort of, maybe not overdrive, almost sort of a, into a, a placid sense of, oh, well, I, I, I know that information. Right? Listen to this. Um, I, I haven't even given you my title. There it is. Sorry. What's love got to do with it? Now, I'm not Tina Turner. Tina Turner. I should have had the Tina Turner hairdo, right? What's love got to do? She's got that, you know, you know. I think Tina's awesome, by the way. You've got to have the hair and the, you know. But... But but you know, but but really, it's a it's a question that not only Tina Turner and Gloria Gaynor of all them with the power of love. You know how many songs are there about love, right? So the question, though, is a good one that Tina poses in the song. What's love got to do with it? Because really, love has got everything to do with it. Love love is really the total entity of life. Really, it really is. Everything in life, if there's any message, if there's, any, if there's anything that you can lay hold of, grasp, uh, seize upon, make your own, it is the love of God. Yes. Do, you, do, do you know that that, that Jesus said, or, or Paul at least taught specifically, that, that that the whole of the Old Testament law can be summed up in love? Yes. Because if you love somebody, it encapsulates the whole of the law. Because love does no harm to its neighbor. So if you want to go and talk about the Ten Commandments and all of those things, and, and, and man, God has been sharing so much stuff in my heart about that that I, I've got to be careful because we'll have to get to it late on the year. But, uh, but what's love got to do with it? I, I spoke and I did a series called The Kingdom Philosophy of Life, and it's, it, it's a powerful... Um, Grasp. I hope that if you haven't heard it, that you go back and listen to it, because, because Jesus came speaking about the kingdom, and, 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 and he, he taught a kingdom message. He wasn't an Old Testament preacher, as many people say. He was a kingdom preacher. And, and I know some of us have heard that Jesus didn't teach, and we almost want to take Jesus' teaching and shove it kind of to the side and say, forget about what Jesus says. He was an Old Testament preacher. Mm-mm, he wasn't. Jesus was the epitome of what everything can encapsulate. Jesus came to show us how things really work. And he came teaching about the kingdom. And, and I'm not going to go and talk about the kingdom right now, but it, there is so much, as I mentioned when I did it, I said we can talk about the kingdom literally the entire year. But the, a, a, a kingdom philosophy of life um, is, is, is essential because if we're going to have victory and abundant life, uh, we've got to understand that this whole kingdom is how it's going to work. And I, I spoke about how this kingdom, how vastly different it is from the world system. You see, we have this idea that we can just live in this world and then and, and we, we just operate in the world. And then when we go to church on Sunday or we go to a life group or a small group or whatever, then we can you know, do the Christian thing and talk the Christianese language. But that isn't that isn't what Jesus came. When He delivered us and He brought us, He says He's brought us out of the dominion of darkness, not a kingdom, brought us out of the dominion of darkness into the kingdom of His Son. And the kingdom operates with a king. If you're a believer, if you're a believer, you are a subject to a king. Otherwise, Jesus is not your Lord. Okay? And now, he is the best thing out there. Literally. <laughs> literally. And so, but you see, we've got all these negative connotations about what that means, right? So what's love got to do with it? But listen to this. In, um, in Matthew 24, um, Jesus is, is here on the Mount of Olives, it says in verse 3. As he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us when these things will be, and what will be the sign of your coming in the close of the age? And Jesus answered them, See... Then they will deliver you up for tribulation and put you to death, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because because lawlessness will increase, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed through the whole world as a testimony to all nations and then... The end will come. Now, I believe the Lord has been talking to me about end times in this time. And I do believe that, well, it's certainly a truth. We're certainly closer to the end than we've ever been before. <laughs> right? I don't know if it's soon. I have a feeling it is. And by soon, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But I, I don't believe that there is a clock on sort of a wall somewhere and it's clinking ticking down I believe that the church has got something to do with it you and I have got something to do with the end times we we have a role to play and can play and will play or not and, and there, are, there are some things, and, you know, in, in the study of, you know, the theologians talk about eschatology, a big old fancy word when you study times, and you get, you know, people that are, you know, are you pre-trib or mid-trib or post-trib? When, when do you think the rapture is going to happen and this is going to happen and that? And there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of theory around eschatology, okay? And again, I'm using a big, fat word, sorry. But I'm just like saying, it's, there, it, it is fascinating because I believe, We can look into it and delve into it in the next, uh, you know, not in the next couple of weeks, but at some some stage. But here, the the apostles back then said, Jesus said, hey, listen, tell us a little bit about what's going to come. And there is a lot of scripture that talks about end times. I don't think a lot of it is super specific. And I think that the church has made some mistakes generally trying to predict and to sort of to, to overlay world events and say, okay, well, this means this and this means that. And, and, and you, can, you can get into it. Now, what I do see, and I'm sure you would agree, that, that the world is in a bit of turmoil right now. Have there been wars and rumours of wars? Yes, there have for centuries. That's not an, anything new. Um, but but is the world in turmoil? I have I've never seen as much fear as I'm seeing in the world today. I I, I honestly scratch my head, and you've heard me say I've kind of had to take a hiatus from Facebook and stuff because there is so much it, it, there is so much nonsensical stuff coming from news channels, and I'm talking about both sides of the aisle it just doesn't make sense why well because there is a there these are not um understand this there isn't a godly news channel out there there is a very and 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 i'm not here to pick sides listen carefully to what i'm saying humanism is an enemy lucifer has an agenda or satan has an agenda and and we can look at Luciferian agendas, and we can look at stuff that's that's potential. And don't don't tune me out now and just say, well, well, you know what, I I I, I don't really believe in any of that stuff. Well, well, listen, you ought to, because it's coming. Jesus said the end is coming, and and he told a lot of parables for us to be ready, to be watchful, to he to be prepared. There's so much that he said, we need to be prepared. And remember the whole story about the 10 virgins, right? Yes. 10 virgins, all pure virgins, they were waiting for the bridegroom to come and five were foolish and were prepared and five weren't, they didn't have what it take. And so th- there a lot of a lot of stories that Jesus said. So, so we would do well to understand to be prepared. And listen, none of it is fear driven. Anything that comes through the kingdom of God and God will prepare you, it will give you a foundation, it will give you confidence, peace. The kingdom of God is always done in, a, in an atmosphere of righteousness, peace, and joy. Now that is the, not the only definition of the kingdom of God. As I said, we can, we've spoken about the rules in the kingdom and how the kingdom operates, or you can learn to operate in the kingdom rules, etc., etc. And some people have just sort of just said, well, the, righteous, you know, the kingdom of God is only righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Yes, well, that, that is, and that's a description of, the, of what it's like to walk in the kingdom. If we choose, and I have taught that, if we choose to walk in the kingdom, you will experience in an atmosphere of righteousness, Peace, peace, and joy. Now understand that. That's important because if you are not in, in experiencing righteousness, peace, and joy, then you are not walking in the kingdom. I'm not saying you're not going to heaven. Because I've explained that. I, I'm building on a little bit of a foundation of the kingdom philosophy series that I did here. That has not got to do with if you're going to go to heaven or not. I'm talking about are you operating in the gospel of the kingdom, in the kingdom rules, in the kingdom way that the whole kingdom approach to life. So I'm assuming that you guys have paid attention, right? Yes. Yeah, we all paid attention, Pastor. Okay. Just make me feel good. Tell me that. Okay. No. Okay. (laughs) Thanks, Rose. Yeah, there you go. Okay. No. So, um, you know, but you, this righteousness, peace, and joy is this atmosphere, and it's a great barometer to be uh, to be to notice um, on the wall of your heart. If you look inside your heart and you're experiencing turmoil and fear, then you're not. There's something amiss, and your heart is going to say something's amiss because there's fear, or there's this, or there's that. That is not how you are designed to operate as a believer, and you're not supposed to operate there, and you don't have to sit, sit there and love, and now let me tell you, God's not going to do anything about it, you've got to do something about it, you've got to choose to change what you believe, and you've got to choose to walk in these ways, and again, we've spoken about these things, right, so so what? Um, even with Karen's series, for example, you know, now, and, sh- and Karen is very sweet, and she gave, you know, as she's talking about home, you know, the, um, I'm trying to think, the home, what's the title? Full House. Full House. Sorry, my brain. Okay, full house. She was talking, using the full house example, and she spoke about the different ages of the kids. And, 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 and we can all identify with being a baby sometimes and a little, you know, a, a toddler and, a, you know, a teen or a preteen. And we can, we can identify certain elements of, of where we are spiritually. And that was the point of the series. The point of that series was to say, Oh, my gosh, I do act like a little bit of a toddler sometimes. I do want to throw my toys out the cart. Yes, I want everything instantly. I want, you know, I want everybody to make me happy. And whatever it is. We we all we 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 can identify certain things of growth. And 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 growth is is an important thing. Growth is an important thing. You and I are designed to grow. And there's not one of us that has met the, has, has arrived. Except maybe Pastor Earl. I don't know. But, no, I'm just kidding. You know, but you know, you know, but you know, so, you, not one of us have arrived, and so it's so important to understand that we've got to be on this this concept of understanding that that we're growing to and through something, and if we don't embrace growth, if we don't embrace growth, we hurt ourselves. We don't experience what. God has for you, you don't experience the inheritance that God has for you. I I know, I know, guys. God has given us past tense and inheritance. And, and you know, we, we talk about Healing University, and we sp- we've spoken about it in length. He, you, you and I have been given everything for life and godliness. And, and so we know that we've got this. And, and, and as we even said in the men's meeting yesterday, you, you know, uh, and Andrew did a great job in the first one about how God wants you well. You, there is beyond proof from the word of God that God absolutely wants every person well. There is no question, but I can tell you, at least from my personal experience and probably many people's experience, that a lot of people aren't completely convinced of that. Why? Well, because there's been so much teaching over the years that says, Well, I'm not sure, God, or God's using this to teach me, God's uh, uh, God doesn't want that, God's, etc. There's so much unbelief, counter beliefs, contrary beliefs that are out there and that's what healing university is all about because sometimes it's not learning something brand new you've never heard before sometimes it's unlearning something that has been a stopper in your belief system it's something it's identifying something etc etc and so but but it's beyond it's it's beyond doubt if you will allow yourself and say you know what i want to lay hold of that now let me say this if you and i do not get hold of that one part of, of our he, of our kingdom of uh, journey here our kingdom of god journey over here it will hurt us it it takes time for a tree to grow it takes time for to sow seed in your heart and, and we and i and i we spoke at length about that series it takes time for the seed for seed to grow in your heart and, and it doesn't happen Quickly, So, and my illustration, you've you have heard you so many times before, if, if you were on the Titanic and you've never learned to swim, you're in trouble. When, when somebody doesn't know what God has given them, it is much harder to get their heart established when they are given a diagnosis by a doctor that says, listen, you're going to die. They're like, oh. Okay, I guess I get my fairies in order. Now it's very hard to get established in truth. The time to learn to swim is long before. The time to get established in the truth of God's word is now. Yes. Not only is the, are you supposed to walk in health for you, you are supposed to lead your family in walking in health. You are supposed to be a, a, a health bringer to people in your area. Do you know that that's also part of the inheritance? People die every day and go to heaven, and we're all going to be, um, <laughs> I think we're just going to be so disappointed with ourselves until Jesus gets hold of us and makes us feel better. Because we're going to like, you mean I didn't have to do that? I can just imagine, nope, told you. You know, Jesus is, Jesus is the one trying to say, nope, told you. You know, he, you know Psalm 107, He I sent my word and healed them. You know, if I sent my word, and you, you know, he who finds him is health to all these fish, and all those scriptures that you can get. But guess what? That takes time to build in your heart. It takes time, and 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 you, you have to. There's this patience thing that oh, I know. It, it's literally the word long suffering. We don't like the word suffering, but that is literally. If you go and study the Greek word, it's it's endurance under pressure and we're told in scripture that it's by faith in in hebrews 6 it's by faith and patience that we in that we inherit the promises but you know what we do we say well if that was really god then it would just happen to me or i would just be experiencing it that is a lie because if god could do that everybody would be born again now these things have to be meditated on not is I said it yesterday in the men's meeting is everybody born again it's not a trick question no not everybody is born again it's, is, it, is it God's will for people to be born again He's not willing for any to perish, but all to come to repentance. Now, I know there's entire sects or, or parts of Christianity that say, no, 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 there's only God's elect and so on. But that is absolutely not true. God's loved, for, loved the whole world, right? First John, I mean, John 3, 1 John chapter 2, not only for our sins, but for also for the sins of the whole world. You can go into and we can study those things. But, but most people have got this idea that, most Christians have got this idea that, that, no, you know, it would just happen if it was God's will. And it comes down to that horrible root that you hear me stomp on all the time that God is in control. I need to write that little booklet of mine that I need to talk about because, because God is not in control. I don't know. That's it. I've lost a whole bunch of people. You're going to leave out and say, oh, you know, no. God is all powerful. I'm not saying that God is not all powerful, but God that 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 terrible root that says God will just do it because God is all powerful. You saying, Shannon, that He's not all powerful? No, He is all powerful. But you don't understand that He has given the earth to men, that you have authority on the earth, that there are things that there are things that God can't do. Why? Because, because, we've, because if you've never sat down and studied it and, and, and worked like, oh, hold on a second. Well, without free will, we wouldn't be able to love. you know that? Have you figured that part out? If you never had free will, you wouldn't be able to love anybody. And you wouldn't be able to receive love. But that, that, that idea, I believe, is an absolute Luciferian doctrine that says God is in control. Because that, on that pillar, people have these ideas that, well, if God wanted me well, he would just make me well. And if he didn't, well, I guess God's got a plan for that. That is just not true. And unfortunately, it takes time to, to work through these things. But the environment that we need to have to work through these is what I'm talking about a little bit today. You see, if you are not persuaded here... Not here. If you're not persuaded here that God is totally crazy about you, you will not even camp out in the teaching world that he's trying to teach you and bring you information into. You, you're catching what I'm saying? God, God, you need to be so persuaded of the love of God that it doesn't matter what happens outwardly you know that you know that you know that you know that your father loves you you know it there is no doubting it and and I can tell you that it took that seed a few years to grow in my heart and I'm still growing in that Because because the because, the, because the, the the foundation is the most important thing. So I'm going to I'm going to read you know this famous one we've we've said it so many times. But let's read Ephesians three, fourteen. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family, I love that Father, from whom every family in heaven and earth is named. That according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power. <laughs> Through his spirit in your where? In your head? No, in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love. I've got to go back here, but that's such a, a, that's an important one. May have strength to comprehend with all the saints. What is the breadth and length and height and depth? Um, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, breaking that one apart, and I don't want to do sort of a whole exegetical breakdown of everything over here, but, but to know God's love, the high, and it says that this, this is actually past knowledge, but he's saying that we can know it, that we can lay hold of the knowledge of this love of God. And he says more than that, he says that we must be rooted and grounded in it. It must be the foundation on which we stand. You've heard all the many trans, uh, many illustrations of foundations. I've I've used a few, but foundations are going to determine whether something stands. Jesus used the the term of man builds his house on the rock. A foundation on the rock or you can build your house on the sand and and you know we we we've made so many of the kingdom principles we've just made it about going to heaven and hell but jesus was saying look you if you build your house on the sand if you don't put the word of god into practice the storms of life will come and you will find out you've built a sand castle right. he loves you you have built a sand castle okay so it's up to us whether we're going to build on the right foundation. And here, this foundation, this environment that I'm talking about, you, you've got to be so persuaded in the love of God. Now, there was a, an illustration. There was the Petronas Towers in Malaysia. Where they, they, at one stage, it was, those were the, those twin towers in Malaysia. They were the highest, the highest towers that, they, that were built in the world. Um, and then there was, you know, the, the, there was one in. Uh, um, Dubai, I think that the Caliph is currently the, the tallest one in the world. But what's fascinating, and there's lots of YouTube videos about how, the, how, how if you want to go up, guess where you've got to start? got to go down and they analyze the soil and there's all fascinating studies about how how much pressure the soil is how much i, I think it's all very interesting because it's like the footers and how they design the footers and the, p- the pylons and how deep they have to find where the ground is actually strong enough because some parts of the earth can take compaction and some can't and and how long they've got to drive these things down uh, and in fact this one, do you know that they, they just, they, in, during this coronavirus thing, they are actually building one that's going to be way bigger than the current one. And it's also in, it's, uh, and I, I wanted, I've got a video here in a second to show you, and, and, and it's, it's the foundation just alone. Now, the foundation is never even going to be seen, but I want you to pay attention in this video how much design, work, effort, energy, how much concrete, steel, going to go down and this is they are pouring millions and millions of dollars into a foundation why because they know what they're gonna build on it if your house you know you've like I said you we've all heard the illustrations your house is not on a good foundation that entire structure can collapse so so just just watch this video quickly So that one, in Dubai Creek, is going to be the tallest building for, for now. They actually paused the building on that. They've done the foundation, as you saw there, um, just during this COVID time. But it's something pretty impressive if you go and look on site. But, but did you see how many tons of concrete and steel? 300 and something kilometers of rebar, uh, 35 trucks, cement trucks per hour, I mean, that are, are arriving full of concrete, etc., etc. et cetera. My point that I'm driving home, is that if you are going to build anything, get your foundation solid. A Christian life is founded on the foundation of God's love. It's founded on the foundation of God's love. Now, we have to have this open heart that says, Lord, you define love for me to me because otherwise you know what you do you say you overlay what your definition of love is onto God your humanistic experience because of all the Tina Turner songs you've listened to or whatever you know your definition of all the movies you watch at the Hollywood Hallmark movies that you know whatever it is your definition of love is very different to God's definition of love and, and, and it's important to realize that you have to reset your heart. You have to say, okay, Lord, here I am. I'm willing to learn about your love. But but give me a heart, an open heart. I, I give you an open heart to teach me. To teach me. As I said, if there is anything that you can get established in or ought to be established in, it's in the love of God. Because that will set you in a place for what's coming. Not just every one of us, your life, no matter how long you still have on this planet, you as a believer, what, you, what God's called you to do, What if, if we are going to be facing end times, it doesn't matter what, you're, or what is happening. If you are grounded on God's love, you're going to be good. So understand that, make that a a, a priority to just say, you know what, I'm not going to give lip service to understanding this. And it's not just a saying, oh, well, I I agree with that. No, no. It takes time and understand the principles of getting established in God's life. Now, we could, we could literally spend weeks and weeks just so many beautiful scriptures that's, that talk about God's love. Like I said early, earlier, you know, Romans 5, 5 says that while we were still sinners, God loved us. And Romans 8 says that, you know, nothing can separate us from the love of God. You know, the, the famous love chapter of 1 Corinthians um, chapter 13 from verse 4 to 8 talks about God's kind of love, that God pay love. And, and, and that's, a, that's a fascinating study because that is God's attitude towards you. And, and, and if go, go and read it again. I know many of you have read it, but go and read that again and analyze that and say, you know, this, God, this is God's love towards me. He never fails me. You know, he's patient. He's kind. isn't He's going to endure, etc., etc. All of those are God's attitude. That is the God kind of love. God loves His enemies. I know that we don't like to hear that stuff. We want God to sick him, right? We really do. Because we see turmoil and, 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 we, 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 and we, we think, like, mm, 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 I'm glad I'm not standing there, you know, because I would, if I was, I would, God will sick him. No, God loves his enemies. But that, that knowledge is so missing. There, there are so many, I don't think you, could, you can take the, the whole spectrum of Christianity, if you will, all the churches around, and, you, and if I asked the question and I said, Do you, Does God love us? everyone would say, Yes, maybe some would say, well, sometimes, you know, but almost without a doubt, but how people define that love is very, very different because how, how it works in their life. Like I said, some people say, God loves you so much that he would hurt you. God loves you so much that he would do this. God loves you so much. And it's like, okay, hold on a second. Do we go back to the foundation of scripture and let it grow in us and to the place where we grasp what that means? I mean, the hurting thing and the, the healing thing, I keep coming around to that because maybe because we're starting Healing University, but God, Jesus, He is the exact representation of the Father. You never see Him breaking anybody's leg, right? We never, everyone who came to Him was healed. Everybody who came to him was healed. Amen. Anyhow. Hallelujah. Rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints the breadth, length, height, and depth. It has to be where you are rooted and grounded. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. So, um, you know, we... I, I wanted to... Just in the last couple of minutes over here, I didn't want to take too long. But but understand this: that 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 the gospel of the kingdom, that we are going to minister. Remember, I said in the beginning, G. They asked Jesus, you know what, you know what's going to happen before the end, and he said, the gospel of the kingdom is going to be preached, and then the end will come. This gospel is not a message of God's judgment on the world. It's about God's love. Acts 4:13 says that they realized, remember it said that, that the apostles, they recognized the apostles had been with Jesus. And they saw them acting like he did. He who loves, it says in 1 John 4, verse 7, read this one with me if you have your Bibles. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows, uh, be, sorry, Whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. God is love. Read that again. Let us love one another. Love is from God and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Another barometer. If you don't love people, as Jesus loves people, you don't have a revelation of God's love for you. I'm not saying God doesn't love you. You don't know how much God loves you. You can only love people to the revelation level that you know that you're loved. Okay, famous one, another one that's over, that's that you guys know so well. First John 4. It's all, there's so much in 1 John, of course, that we could pick up part. I don't want to go through them all. But in verse 16. So we have come to know and believe the love that God has for us. Sorry, sorry Janine, if I'm jumping that one on you. But um, we have come to know and believe the love that God has for us. God is love. Again, it says it in that chapter. And whoever abides in love abides in God. And God abides in him. This, there's that knowledge of here, if you're abiding in love, you're abiding in God and God abides in you. And so I love if you, if you pull up a comparison of, of what God says about love. He says, um, and so in the NIV it says this, we, we know and rely on the love of God. Um, King James says that we have known and believed the love that God has to us. We know uh, this is amplified. We know, understand, recognize, are conscious of by observation and by experience, and believe, adhere to, put faith in, and rely on the love of God, the, God the, the, the love God cherishes for us. God is love, and he who dwells continues in love, dwells and continues in God, and God dwells and continues in him. We have known and believed God's love for us. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's so good. You know, I mentioned this a little while ago, but First John 4, 7, just going back there for a second, he who loves knows God. It is the mark of a mature Christian. It's not whether you operate in the gifts. It's not whether you can prophesy. It's not even whether you can raise the dead. It's can you operate in love because he who loves... He who loves knows God. And in fact, that it says, brother, just, and it goes in, if you study that chapter, First John chapter 4, you pick it apart. He says, brothers, since we've so loved, we've been loved, we ought to love one another. Yes. Yes. Amen. Love is patient and kind, does not envy or boast, not arrogant or rude, doesn't insist in its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. Does not rejoice at wrongdoing, rejoices with the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things. These, these, these things are, are descriptions of the love of God. But, but again, um, if we aren't dwelling in an environment where this is a reality that you feel, then it won't motivate you to be involved in the kingdom. Listen to this, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 14, and I want to wrap up here pretty quickly here. 2 Corinthians five fourteen, for the love of Christ controls us. I want to, I I um, you've got it in the Weiss translation over there, uh, Janine. That's fine, let's, let's hold that one there for a second. For the love which Christ has for me, presses me in from all sides, holding me to one end and prohibiting um, me rapidly. What's this? prohibiting me from considering any other, wrapping itself around me in tenderness and giving me an impelling motive. I'm going to say that again. The love of Christ, that Christ has for me presses on me from all sides, holding me to one end and prohibiting me from considering any other, wrapping itself around me in tenderness and giving me an impelling motive. The, the uh, Amplified says the love of Christ controls and urges, and impels us. We see the word controls, compels, and constrain. The love of God is the one that motivates us. If we aren't in a place where we are just so loved by God, I, I don't want to, I need to reword that. The world will know that we're Christians by our love. This gospel of the kingdom can only operate by love. I think, I believe in these end times that if we are going to draw attention and the world is going to be saved, it's because people are going to see a remarkable love in you. Remember it says be ready to, see it for the, uh, to have a reason for the hope that's within you? People are going to say, see in your life, hold on a second, why does Greg love so much? Or Jim love so much? Or Keith, or Steve, or Elise, or Linda, or whoever? Why are they operating in love in this situation? It's going to, it's going to be so remarkable to the world, yeah, that's right, that's right. to the world. Now, I'm going to ask you a difficult question here. Do we just look like the world when it comes to loving people? Can the world see a difference in us? Because if the world doesn't see a difference in us, then, then, then how are we going to influence it? I, Ed used to say this, and God get, the Lord spoke to Ed Elliott, you know I used to work with Ed, I just spoke with him yesterday, and, um, and, and he said, you know that God never called us to change the world. He called us to love the world. And the Lord said this to Ed, he said, if you love the world like I love the world, my love will change them faster than you ever could. Listen, listen guys, there, have you ever tried to change your spouse? <laughs> have you tried to change anybody? Do, 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 do you realize that it's the goodness and kindness of God, it says in Romans 2, that brings people to a change in heart, a change in mind. When, when we have a personal experience of the love of God, our love will be so different, so remarkable. We should be loving our enemies. That—that that, I tell you what—that's—that's—that's that's, that's a um, a tall order, right? That's a tall order in this world right now. I mean, how many of you have experienced a jerk in a supermarket, or on the road, or? you know, with your shopping cart or poor Kyle had his car got out and he, somebody had whacked his nice sporty little Mazda with a something and it t- like made, made a big dent in the car. Now that, I would not be very happy. <laughs> you, you know that, I'll tell the story. Do you see, we had a, there was a guy that came down the road um, here at the church just a couple of weeks ago and he was riding on, on his rim. And you know we've done this nice new blacktop here at the church. Yeah. He decided to, during church, I don't know if any of you saw this. He decided to pull off down the road and he decided to drive onto our new blacktop and churn our new blacktop off. Now, I did not feel like Jesus right then. <laughs> And, and you know, and and the truth is, that guy did not care. He didn't care. He did not care. This world is getting darker and darker because it's not operating according to kingdom principles. It's it's operating according to human principles, human belief systems that have been long established and entrenched in our children, in schooling systems, in Darwin's theories, and. Science, and I love science. I think science is awesome, but there's good science and bad science. But there's a lot of, God has been excluded from a lot of science. And so the, the, the people of the world are getting more and more selfish. And this is all over the New Testament, people. It tells us what the world's going to look like. It's disobedient to parents, disobedient, blah, blah, blah. You're going to get more and more jerks out there. And it, it, let, me, let me give you this little piece. You and I don't have the wherewithal To be able to love them out of us. We don't have it. You've heard how many people say. You can't give what you don't have. John Osteen used to say. Joel's dad. You can't give what you don't have. Any more than you can come back from a place you've never been. We we can't ever love out of human ability. Now you know what we do as Christians? We pretend. Hi. You know, we put on the, the cheesy fake smiles, you know, and we say, hi, what a blessing. And we use all the Christianese words, you know, isn't he just, and then behind us, we go and talk to your wife or you're some rage, rage, you know. But, but I, from what I see in God, for God so loved the world that he gave, if you see how Jesus operated Remember that Jesus, when even w- when he was being crucified, remember what he said: "Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do." It, 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 when we start, we start seeing Jesus. But, 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 I I want you to catch something. This is this isn't a message of condemnation at all. This is this is a call to love. Because you and I have got. we've we've got to get our foundation. We've got to dig up our foundation and get those shafts down deep into the solid core of understanding God's love. And Ephesians 3 says we can. That we can know this love that passes knowledge. And when we experience this love of God, when we know this love of God, I believe that people are going to come and poke you and love is going to ooze out. And it's not going to be because you cranked it up and tried harder. It's just going to be because you, you just soaked in the love of God for you. For you. For you. You don't have to go and, you know, don't, I, I know we can get, I can get so works oriented. It's almost like I've got this, this tank of, it's like, okay, God, give me enough love. Let me fill it up. Give me fill up this tank of love so that I can go and take it to the world. I've got this big old jug of love. Okay, let me go. No, no, Jesus is saying, you're the jug. This is not a third-party jug that you've got to contain. It's you. When Paul says in Second Corinthians that that it compa- when this when we are soaked down and we become it, then there's all these in Him we live and move and have our being all those scriptures start to make sense. Why? Because we're so we're so soaked in His paradigm. We're so soaked in in His Word. We're so soaked in in how He loves me, because because you know sometimes we're the hardest people to forgive. You don't forgive you. You are really mean to you. I'm going to say that again. You are meaner to you than you probably are to anybody else. And you know why it comes that way? You know why you are? Get ready for this one. Buckle up, buttercup. (laughs) It's because you believe that's how God sees you. No, I don't. Yes, you do. You see yourself that way. And we're on a journey, people. I'm not saying we've arrived, but know this. <laughs> know this. Hear what the Spirit of God is saying to you. You're loved. There is nothing that you can do that can separate you, not height or depth. Nothing can separate you from his love. You, if you will close your eyes here, please do and just however you surrender just open your hands open your heart however you want to nobody's looking around just say lord give me an understanding i open my heart afresh to understand and hear your love i i i choose to receive your love i choose to be that bucket i choose to be that receiver of your love I choose to be rooted and grounded to know your love that surpasses knowledge the height and depth and length and breadth of it I choose to learn that I choose not to make this an intellectual exercise This is not information. This is experience. I choose to experience your love. Now, I'm going to do a little exercise here. Keep your eyes closed if you will a second. But imagine tonight in a dream or right now God translates you into a throne room, his throne room. And there's a red carpet all the way down to that throne. And you know that you are personally invited to come up to the front. All eyes are on you. And as you walk down there, you see he has you in his steady gaze. Your God, your Father, the Lord Jesus at his right hand. And they look at you with eyes of love. There is no sense of anything wrong, anything missing. And you ask Jesus, why? He says, Because I am your righteousness, I made you whole. You have been washed my blood and at that throne of grace and mercy you know right now you have the freedom to ask whatever you will because there is nothing that separates you your tendency to say but what about that issue that feeling that fault that failure and you know that Jesus shakes his head and says what fault what failure he sees you he (laughs) loves you leave it there feel that father thank you for your great love for us if you're here this morning and you have never felt or experienced that love of a Lord and your father, then just say, Lord, I, meet me where I'm at. I, I need you. That cry of your heart, he will meet right now. He will meet you right there. And that's where I'm going to leave that today because if, if you've never felt that or said that to your father, then he wants to meet with you. And then afterwards, you can come and talk to one of our... Um, prayer team members thank you Lord for your grace and favor thank you for your love Father I choose to walk on this journey my whole life I call you Lord we call you Savior and you are love thank you Father thank you Father make that real in our hearts, in Jesus' name, Amen and Amen, Amen. I I do want to challenge you as we close today. If that's a decision that you've made in your heart, to, and you want to come and talk to one of our prayer team members, please do. Um. Please don't make this just a message. I, I want to challenge you. Go there, there. you know, if you go to read First John chapter four and Romans chapter eight and. Do those things and, and just be open to hearing what God has to say about his love for you. Amen. 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 Well, um, remember healing school today at five. And um, if you need healing in your body and you want to come or prayer for any reason online, if you're watching online and you would like prayer, um, please text the word prayer to 352 um And we'll have somebody get in touch with you. Um, but remember, our healing ministers are, are really willing and ready to come minister to you. We love you guys. Have a great rest of the day. And uh, we'll see you at Healing School at Overflow this Wednesday. Amen.